Hey guys, Michael here with Wedding Videography School. If you're looking for a solid and reliable contract that you can feel good about sending to your clients, look no further than the WVS contract, crafted by a licensed attorney in the state of Colorado. It might just be the best contract for wedding videographers in all of North America, or even maybe the world. Uh, hard to know. Regardless, if you're unsure of whether the contract you're using right now is good enough, go to WeddingVideographySchool.com right now, enter the password podcast, and start protecting yourself and your business today. Hey guys, Michael here with WeddingVideographySchool.com. Hope you guys are having a great week, great day. I know I am. Uh, I've got a sick kid home with me today, so I'm uh, recording this in the living room while he plays with like a train set and uh, watches uh, Boss Baby on Netflix. So um, yeah, pretty much just hanging out today, um, doing a little babysitting. Uh, okay, so today um, is an exciting day. Um, I received my Blackmagic uh, Design Pocket Cinema Camera 4K in the mail last night. It's a super long name uh, for such a small camera, but um, I got to say, like the moment I took it out of the box, um, I just was like, this is, this is awesome. Um, so this, this episode is going to be about uh, the BM PCC 4k, I'll just call it the pocket 4k, uh, for the sake of time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm basically going to give you my thoughts on this product, just like right out of the box. Um, like I said, I don't have an adapter for it, the micro four third speed booster or anything, uh, that you'll need if you have a bunch of Canon EF lenses like me. Um, but yeah, uh, this, this, so this, yeah, this whole episode is just about my thoughts on this camera right out of the box. Uh, the first thing that I noticed when I pulled it out of the box is the build quality. And I gotta say, it's not bad. Um, I've been looking like at, um, a bunch of other reviews and stuff about this camera. And people kept saying that, you know, this camera feels really plasticky and it doesn't feel like it's a good build quality and blah, blah, blah. I got to disagree. It, while it does feel a little bit plasticky, um, it actually feels a lot better than I think most people kind of chalked it up to being. Um, so from that aspect, I was like pleasantly surprised. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think it's that bad. And the people that are kind of saying it's too plasticky or whatever, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they got like a super early edition of the camera or something. Like, I just don't think it's that much different than, say, like a Canon 5D series. Um, it doesn't feel as maybe rugged, but I think that's just because of the grip that they used on this camera. It's a little smoother and like the 5D series um, and some of the other DSLRs, they really kind of like make it feel like almost sandpapery on the grip. So, uh, this one feels a little smoother. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's, I think it's well done and I'm not quite worried about the build. Um, I guess time will tell, um, how it holds up. Um, I will say as far as ruggedness goes, 
I don't know. Like, I'm looking at it, and it looks like there's, like, a few vents on the top of the camera. Um, and with my Canon 5Ds, like, my my 2, my 3, my 4, I've always kind of, like, I used to try to keep them out of the rain, and now I just, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> Which actually bit me in the ass last year because one of my cameras got some uh, water damage to um, the card. So, I guess rain isn't... Excuse me. I guess rain isn't like that great for uh, like a 5D Mark III. Um, but uh, yeah, I I have a feeling that with these Black Magic uh, Pocket 4Ks, you're not going to be able to just kind of be like whatever about rain. You're 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 gonna you're gonna have to cover the camera up. So uh, for most of you who cover your cameras up anyway, that's not going to be a big deal for me. I'm. Uh, I like to be one with the camera and I hate when I have to cover it with some sort of like plasticky thing that never really fits quite right. And, um, yeah. So anyway, uh, as far as the menu goes, cause that's really all I can access right now without a lens is like, I can turn on the menu and look through it. Um, I, I think time will tell on this as well, but the one thing I will say that I really like about the menu is that there's not as many options. Um, or I shouldn't say there's not as many options, but there's not as much stuff to go through as there is with like a, a, an, a, a DSL, excuse me, like a DSLR camera. You guys are hearing me like post snack, like burping and stuff, choking on my, my saliva and all that kind of stuff. Mm. <laughs> Hope you guys aren't eating while listening to this. Uh, yeah. So, uh, the menu is actually like really simplified in the sense that you don't have a bunch of, um, you know, like on the DSLRs, you have to go through the menu and see all these like photo options. And I've really gotten pretty used to it with my 5d Mark four and Mark three and Mark two. I can navigate those menus pretty well, but I think that's mostly just cause I've had the cameras for so long. Like, um, it, it's not really an issue anymore. This menu is so different that I'm like a little worried that like uh, I'm going to be confused, but I don't think I will be. I think I think it's just going to be a, ma- a matter of spending some time with the camera. And in the beginning, I actually don't really, um, you know, whenever I get a new camera, what I usually do is I'll spend time around the house with it, like shooting my wife or my kids, uh, kid, uh, but uh, actually I do have another kid on the way. Um, and so I'll, I'll do some family stuff with it first and I'll usually shoot some stock footage with it, go out, um, on a couple shoots and just see how I like it before I jump in with weddings. Cause honestly, like as excited as I am to use this camera and as excited as I am to probably go out and buy like three more of these things. So I have four, um, one is a backup. Uh, yeah, I, I just can't see myself doing it, um, right away. Um, I just want to get used to it first. So, uh, I think time will tell with the menu, but I think it's one of those things where I just got to get used to it. Uh, battery, (laughs) battery life on this thing, at least so far in my very quick test has been really bad. Um, it takes the same batteries as my Canon 5D series, the LPE six, I think it is the LP six or whatever those batteries are. Um, and sorry, my kid's like going nuts with this, uh, with these cars and stuff. Um, 
it takes these battery, the same batteries that I have, which is awesome. Cause the, like, I hate when you have, when you switch cameras and then you have to go out and have, uh, like a bunch of different batteries or you have to carry, uh, two different sets of batteries. If you're using different cameras, like, like this camera is probably not the best camera to use for like my super low light dancing shots. Like I'll probably still want to have like a, like a one DX Mark two or something, which shoot. Now that I think about it, that has a different battery than the Canon 5d line. Um, well, that's a bummer. But if I do decide to do like a hybrid setup, I can use the same battery same batteries, which is cool. Also, I'm used to these batteries, so I've got a bunch of chargers for them. But yeah, I like I had this thing on. I took a freshly charged battery, put it in this camera. I probably had the menu on for like five minutes and it, the battery was already down to like 80%. And that was like without a lens attached or anything. So people are saying they get like almost an hour out of it or like 45 minutes, which if that's the case, then I would actually be mostly okay with that. Um, I wish you were getting like, I wish it was just over an hour or something that would like, that'd be awesome for like most ceremonies. I could get through most ceremonies with one battery. Um, but yeah, like I'm just imagining being at a ceremony and having to switch out batteries during the ceremony, which I don't know. It's not like I've never done it before. I have, but I don't do it that often. So having to pretty much always just plan on switching out a battery during the ceremony would be super lame. Um, I do expect people to come out. I do expect like a better battery solution to come out like a third party sort of thing. And I know there's a couple out there already. Um, but so far those are like big exterior batteries like mounted on the bottom of the camera, which just adds weight and adds to the bulkiness of the camera. Um, so I guess that's, that's kind of a bummer as far as rolling shutter goes, um, which is one of my main concerns when buying this camera that like, I think that was the thing that I was like most freaked out about was like, what is this rolling shutter going to be like? Um, from Jesus, <laughs> Hey buddy, take it easy on the hardwood, man. Um, from what I've seen, the rolling shutter in the test videos that I've seen is like, it's pretty bad. So unless you're using a stabilizer or a monopod or some sort of tripod or whatever, um, a lot of the handheld shots that I'm seeing are just total garbage. Now there are a couple people that have done handheld stuff. Um, but yeah, like for the most part, like some of the, some of the handheld stuff I've seen is good. I think I forgot to say that part, which is like half my sentence. I'm getting old, man. I think I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going senile here. Um, yeah, I, I would say that's probably the biggest drawback to this camera is the rolling shutter is just, it's, it's pretty bad. Um, so you're going to want to be really careful in how you use this camera. Um, yeah, from what I've seen, it's just, it's just junk. Um, now to be fair, I think that is one of the things like, you know, if they, if they find a way to improve this camera, which I'm sure they will, uh, I really hope them just getting like a faster rolling shutter in this camera will, um, will be super helpful. Um, the cool thing about this camera is you can actually set your shutter. I believe it's 180 degree shutter, uh, will actually, so like whatever ISO you're at. 
uh, or sorry, not ISO, whatever frame rate you're at, the shutter will automatically just be double whatever your frame rate is. Um, so if you're shooting, you know, 24 frames per second, you'll have a 48 uh, speed shutter, uh, which is awesome. So your shutter will pretty much always be where you need it. Uh, again, haven't really tested that part out, so I could be wrong about that. Uh, it's just I don't have a, like I said, I haven't been able to really fully test this. So this is just my out-of-the-box impressions. Um, yeah, the, the thing about the rolling shutter is like, so the Ursa, uh, like I'd say probably the closest thing to a big brother to this camera that there is, which is like a, like if, if you want a basic Ursa setup, you're probably looking at like nine grand. Um, and that's if you buy the camera used. So, you know, we're talking about a camera that's, this camera's, you know, 1250 bucks, uh, with tax, you're probably looking at $1,400. So that's a huge difference in price between, you know, this and the Ursa, which I think you could find on eBay for like six grand or, you know, five something uh if you look at the right time um so yeah i mean we're talking about a huge price difference it's no surprise that the ursa is going to have a way better uh rolling shutter performance um yeah i i just don't like the gel the jello and the shake and the wobbliness of of the rolling shutter in this in this camera but like i said for the price like you just you get a stabilizer or a monopod or whatever and you just you know you be careful because um, that's what you got to do if you want to uh if you want to spend a lot less money um what else here i'm like the first thing i noticed when i took it out of the box is i mean yeah the build but the screen like this screen is huge it's a five inch screen um and yeah it's just it's good it's good looking I plan on getting like a viewfinder, like a loop, uh, to put on here. Um, there's a, there's a company called grid G R I D. Um, and they make a loop. So, uh, I think I might order one of those, uh, within the next few months. I don't really need one right now, but before I do weddings with this camera, I probably am going to want one, uh, just cause I'm, I'm a viewfinder guy. So, um, I like to be able to hold this thing up to my, up to my face. I worry a little bit just because the screen is so big that, you know, you put a viewfinder on the back of this thing and I don't know what it's, what buddy, please, what you need me to wipe your nose. All right. Hold on. Come here. Hey, come here. Let me wipe your nose. That is some green shit, my man. Come here. Yeah, that's like some stuff, dude. That's gross. Ow. Don't tell mama I said the S word in front of you. Okay. So uh, the screen is the screen is cool. I worry that maybe I'll have a hard time focusing with my actual eyeballs on it, uh, with a with a viewfinder loop sort of situation, but uh we'll see. Um what else? Yeah. Oh, th so these adapters that I hey buddy. Do you want to say hi? Hi. No, no. Say, ah. say hello. Oh. Ah. Okay. Um, the adapters, the speed boosters, the MFT to EF or whatever kind of adapter you need for your lenses. If you have a bunch of MF micro four thirds, 
uh, lenses, then you're good to just slap them on here. Um, but if you don't, if you're like me and you don't, you're gonna need the speed booster uh, adapter. And that that speed booster, the Metabone speed booster, I think it's the 0.71 Ultra is probably what you're looking for, the 0.71 T or whatever. Um, yeah, that thing is like 650 bucks. So uh, if I want to have three of these, three of these cameras that I'm like using for a ceremony, and I want to use my EF lenses with this camera, I'm gonna have to go spend two grand uh, to get almost two yeah with tax and everything it's probably gonna be just over two grand for uh the adapters so that's kind of a pain um yeah i i think the two ways that black magic could improve this camera in a huge way and i don't know if it makes sense for them to do that because you don't want to really cannibalize your ursa sales i guess but um yeah adding like an EF mount where like, or like just making this pad, this camera compatible from the beginning with like more standard lenses other than micro four thirds, that would be huge. And then fixing the roller, sh putting like a faster rolling shutter, um, in the camera. Um, I don't know if they'll ever do that, but like, those are probably the two things that I would like to see the most. Um, so yeah, a lot of people are going to have to spend money to turn this camera into a usable uh, unit. And uh, when we when we talk about storage, that's it's like the same kind of situation. Either you go out and buy a bunch of CFast cards, which are super expensive, uh, or you get um, some Samsung T5 uh, SSD drives. Uh, which is what I think I'm going to end up doing. I'm probably going to um, build out a little cage on this camera um, and put like my microphone on top and then mount uh, a T5 SSD on here. Um, and I'll probably have to go out and buy a bunch of these T5s um, and just, yeah, just like reuse them for weddings, I guess. Um, we'll see. I might need to have like six or no probably more than six i might need to have like 10 of these things uh 10 like t5 drives so that's that's also expensive so um yeah i don't know but i do want to <clears throat> excuse me i do want to start shooting in 4k um which i'm not doing right now which for some people is like crazy because I do know a couple people that have been shooting in 4K for like like two or three years now, and I'm like I just got to 1080p HD uh, last year, so uh, yeah, I'm a little bit of a dork, I guess, in that sense. But uh, I think that's it. Like, I mean, literally, I got this camera, I pulled it out of the box, and I thought, wow, this is really cool, and I've just been kind of like holding it in my hands and like turning it over and flipping it over and looking at the design, and I think Blackmagic really like came out with something special here. Um, I can't wait to actually go out and use it. Um, this has been a lot of talking for someone who hasn't actually gone out and shot anything with it, um, but I wanted to give you guys my first like real raw impressions of this thing right out of the box. Um, yeah, I think it's really going to be cool. And I, I can definitely, I'll put it to you this way. As far as wedding videography is concerned, there's a couple hurdles that this camera needs to overcome. But 
I could see this camera um, being used. Hmm. I think this camera in combination with like a 1DX Mark III or something that hasn't come out yet or like a Sony a7 whatever like one of these cameras that's shooting 4k at 60 frames per second and has awesome low light capability which this camera I think it has pretty it's pretty damn good low light quality from what I've seen online but it's not as good as like my Canon 5D Mark IV with like a 1.4 lens on it, right? So I don't expect to be getting like super dark dancing shots with this thing. So that's why I think maybe if they come out with a 1DX Mark III that can do 60 frames per second in 4K with a better codec than what the 1DX Mark II does. Because the 1DX Mark II... Jesus, like that thing, it's shooting uh, like any 4K on um, the Canons is shooting, uh, what's that format called? It's called Motion JPEG. And these file sizes are insane. They're huge. It's so insane. Like why they didn't just go with like a better codec is beyond me. Um, I don't know. I'd love to see Canon put some like ProRes formats. Oh, and I forgot to talk about that. That's like the most important thing about this camera. Uh, this camera, I didn't even talk about frame rates. I didn't talk about ProRes. Jesus, it does raw. Like I forgot to talk about all this stuff. I should have put that in the beginning. So if you guys are still listening, this is like uh, the best part of the podcast here. Um, this camera shoots raw, uh, 60 frames per second in 4K, full 4K. Uh, it does here. I'm actually going to pull up the menu right now. It does ProRes, uh, high quality 422 LT and proxy. Um, yeah. And in raw, you can do lossless. You can do three, one or four, one. Um, I really have like pretty much zero need for raw. Like I just don't see myself using raw unless I'm shooting something super special. Like, you know, maybe like I'm getting like a once in a lifetime shot and I just happen to be like in the right place at the right time shooting some stock footage or something. And I have time to just switch over to raw real quick and I'm just going to shoot like fucking raw, lossless raw or something. I, Honestly, I don't see that happening. I think I'm just going to shoot ProRes 422. Um, and in the beginning, I might even just be shooting ProRes uh, LT um, just to save a little bit of space or just to use like um, like a, a standard SD card until I get some more storage solutions. Um, yeah, because I think like if I wanted to do ProRes 422 in HD, just like 1920 by 1080, I could probably do that. Uh, on a SD card, but if I changed it to 4K, I think the SD card would, would be too slow. So then if I wanted to do ProRes in 4K with just an SD card, you're probably having, it probably means I have to d use the LT setting, which honestly, LT is still pretty good. I know people want to dog it because they're like, oh, it's light ProRes. Like, eh. Honestly, I've seen some really good stuff shot in ProRes LT. Uh, I probably wouldn't go down to proxy, I think that's the codec people should be like eh, about, even though that's probably even better than like your just your standard H.264. Although I don't technically know, uh, but I do I do know that ProRes LT is 
is is decent. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'll probably just shoot four two two um, when I really get everything up and running. I really just don't see a reason to go much higher than that. You you get a lot of latitude and a lot of room to play with the colors and um, and everything there and the dynamic range. So uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I think this camera. I think this camera is going to be to wedding videographers like the Canon 5D Mark II was back in the day when they first released that. Um, I, I, I really do think that this camera is going to become the 5D Mark II uh, if they could just get it off of back order. Um, so, yeah. That's pretty much it for this episode, guys. Uh, if you guys like this episode or you like this sort of thing, uh, let me know. Don't forget to follow Wedding Videography School on Instagram. You, you can go to Wedding – oh, it's like, yeah, at Wedding Videography School. Pretty simple. Uh, follow, follow this podcast on Instagram, and don't forget to rate and review and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And until next time, guys, later. Hey guys, this episode of Wedding Videography School is brought to you by photographers wearing wide brim hats. Uh, photographers wearing wide brim hats is the nation's number one wedding photography company, and for good reason. Uh, they are clearly the most creative, most unique uh, individuals out there, and their photography is so creative, I can't even begin to describe how creative it is. That's how creative it is. If you guys are working with photographers who aren't wearing wide brim hats, then you're probably not working with the best photographers out there. So, um, you know, whether you're having a wedding, a birthday party, uh, or you're taking your kids to school, or you're hanging out at home, or going to the bathroom, you know, all things that you want photographed creatively, um, it should be done by photographers wearing wide brim hats. A lot of you guys, I know you're working with photographers who aren't wearing wide brim hats. They might not be wearing hats at all. And um, that's a problem. If they're not wearing a wide brim hat, I don't know what the point of them even picking up a camera is. But when you work with photographers wearing wide brim hats, you know that you're always getting someone who's going to uh, give you the most incredible shots that you could imagine. So for your next event, whether it's a wedding, a birthday party, a family reunion, uh, your mom's pap smear, whatever the event, make sure that you hire photographers wearing wide brim hats um, to get the most creative still images captured, you know, one frame at a time. And that's what, that's what photography is. It's, you know, you hear the click, click, and you know you got one frame. And then you hear another click. Sometimes you hear eight clicks in a row, like click, 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 click. Uh, that, they just got eight pictures. And maybe one of them is good. Probably not. But the photographer wearing a wide brim hat, they are going to call those photos later on and, you know, really, really select the eight or six shots that they got from the entire day. 
um, that they stood in front of the videographer to get. And they're gonna they're gonna edit those down into something truly magical. Probably um, probably just two eight by tens that you can put in the living room next to the closet door. So give photographers with wide brim hats a call today and book them for your next event. <laughs>